This sermon is titled Call of God Be enriched as you listen This morning church um I would like to share on a topic which is burning on my heart uh now for some of us we may actually uh be walking in the things that I'm talking about uh, but maybe for some of us uh you know we um maybe wondering and considering these things so uh you know just just uh, think together with me flow together with me and i believe that uh, uh the word that i have will uh, speak to our hearts so the subject of uh, this morning's message is call of god okay it's a call of god as we see the ministry of the lord jesus he did not intend to do god's work all by himself he invited others uh, and you know he wanted to serve uh, with a team so you know he had these 12 disciples and 70 others and many many who who uh, heard the uh, preaching teaching of jesus and followed his ministry you know ended up becoming his disciples now one thing that the lord jesus did was to give out a call to these disciples uh we have peter and andrew who were fishermen and they thought that their assignment was to just keep fishing uh and then the sons of zebedee or john and james they were mending the nets when jesus found them but here is what you know jesus uh, spoke to them matthew 4:19 we read he said then he said to them follow me i will make you fishers of men here was a call of god that went out to these fishermen you know who probably thought that this is the assignment that we must settle into but god had greater plans for their lives you know god had a heavenly call he had an upward call he had a you know higher and better and bigger plan for their lives and he knew that their destiny was more than just them being fishermen and so jesus called them out and he said follow me follow me he issued a call he it was almost a command he he was not hesitant or apologetic but he said follow me i have a call for you and he called out you know these men who later became the disciples of the lord jesus god has a plan for every single one of us god has a call on all our lives it's sometimes us who classify the call of god as you know it's a big call or a, a you know small call but in god's mind every call is significant and all he wants is to see that we respond to that call and step forward and today i'm not talking about changing jobs or finding an alternate career that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about what god wants each one of us to do you know as our life purpose and as our life goal that is the call of god that you know goes out to all of us and we need to discover it god's call for us is god's dream for our lives you know god has a dream he wants us to walk in that dream experience the blessings of walking in that dream and experience the reward of fulfilling that dream when we look at the life of the lord jesus we know that he embraced the call of the father on his life no he lived a sinless life he battled temptations he went through life just like you and me like as a mortal uh, you know person and he gave his life up to become our redemption price and when he completed what the father wanted him to do you know jesus said uh, tetelestai which means it is finished he heeded the call and he finished what the father wanted him to do 
Similarly, when we consider Paul in the Bible, we know that he encountered the Lord Jesus in a very dramatic way. And there was a call on his life. In Acts 9.15, you know, we read that he was a chosen vessel to bear the name of Jesus before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So there was a call on his life. He passionately pursued it. And what are the things that he accomplished? We see that, you know, in this mission of raising up uh, believing communities on fire, just like the church in Jerusalem, you know, he, he, he traveled 50 to 60 cities. Uh, he raised up about 24, uh, you know, men and women of God who were called as his fellow workers. We see that he traveled at least 10,000 miles by road and many thousand miles by sea. He wrote 13 epistles which are, you know, directly attributed to the name of Paul. And all this he did to do or fulfill what God had called him to do. And just like Jesus, you know, we see Paul make a statement in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm just going to um, read verse 7 here. He's writing this last epistle when he's anticipating his end, his death. And, you know, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally, that is laid up for me, the crown of righteousness. You know, and he goes on to talk about the reward of God, which is to follow. So we notice that even Paul enjoyed the peace of doing what God called him to do. Now God has this life assignment, unique life assignment for you and me. And that's not to say that there are, you know, not other multiple assignments which may be associated with our lives. But you know, there is that one big significant thing that God has created you and me to embrace and live out. And the call of God is going out to all of us. It's going out, out to everyone whom he has created. So this morning, I just want to encourage us to receive the call of God, to respond to the call of God. You know, the call of God, living out the call of God is uh, the place of our greatest satisfaction. It's the greatest adventure you and I can ever undertake. And God you know, looks forward for each one to embrace the call that he is issuing. This morning, church, as we talk about living this call, living God's dream, uh, I want to share with us um, at least six insights about a call, calling, plan, purpose of God. Uh, and I really pray that it'll give us understanding uh, into, you know, how all of these things work. So the first insight that I want to share with us is God's call is unique. God's call is unique and very special to each one of us as individuals. Now, God doesn't use a cookie-cutter method and say, Everyone line up, you know, everyone's got to do this. You know, everyone, I've made this plan and you just have to follow through with this plan. He doesn't work like that. Instead, he knows how he's fashioned us and he knows where, you know, that dream of his heart and our heart will be fulfilled. And so he calls us accordingly. God's call is very unique to each one of us. God called Abram while, you know, he, he, he was uh, a foreigner to God and he didn't know what his life's purpose was, but God called him. God called him to become a great nation, almost an impossibility. And God's call generally is so much bigger than us. You know, as we think about his call, we wonder, God, how can I ever do this? Because it's going to take journeying with God to make that call happen. God called Abram, who did not have even one son, to become the father of nations. And in God's mind, he was Abraham, a man who had many descendants. God called Moses in a season of wilderness in his life. No, he was shocked to hear a voice from the burning bush 
And there was God calling him. Unlikely season. He wasn't expecting it. But God spoke to him and said, Moses, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take my people out. I want you to be a leader. I want you to be a deliverer. And God is not surprised by who we are. We would have thought that, you know, he uh, will just jump up and say, yes, God, I'll do it. But no. What did Moses do? He said, God, I don't think I'm good enough. Why don't you find somebody else to do this job for you? But God was insistent. And, you know, we know the rest of what happened. He was the one who led God's people out. God called Gideon. You know, a man who was so fearful, timid, so small in his own eyes. But God's call went out to him. And he was the chosen one. No, God was convinced and said, you are the one who is going to take down the armies of the Midianites. So God knows what he's doing when he calls us. And he knows what we are able to do when he calls us. Now God called Samuel. He was so young. He did not even understand that this was the voice of God. While he was so unprepared, God called him and he asked Eli and eventually you know, he knew how to pursue the call of God on his life. So God calls different ones of us for different things in a unique way, in a special way. Okay? We cannot replace each other in, in God's sight. And as we continue to see, there are so many examples. You know, think about Mary. We talk about Mary in the Christmas season, but God called her to be the mother of Jesus. Her call was to be a mother. I'm sure there are many other things that she did, but that was God's call on her life and said, Mary, this is going to happen. An ordinary girl who again, like most others, was not prepared, not ready. And she thought, God, maybe you should find somebody more experienced than me. But no, God's choice was Mary. And she responded to God and said, God, be it unto me according to your word. She embraced the call of God on her life. God called Saul. He went from being a persecutor to a proclaimer of the same gospel that he um, you know, went against. God called uh, Ananias, a very ordinary believer. We read about him in the book of Acts. And you know, he was just ordinary. And God said, why don't you go and pray for this man, Saul? Uh, Saul had an incredible destiny in God. And, you know, God decided, I'm going to use an ordinary believer to go and pray for this, to be mighty man of God. God has a plan. God has a purpose. He has a call. But the good thing about all these people is, they had uh, different re response. They, their response was different. However, they all eventually heeded the voice of the Lord and they, you know, responded uh, with a yes affirmative to the call of God on their lives. Now, Paul said it this way in Philippians 3.12. He said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Now, there is a that for which. It simply refers to something specific that God wants each one of us to do. And Paul is saying that Christ Jesus, he has laid hold of me for a that for which. And now it's my turn to respond and lay hold you know, of what he is calling me to. And we, as we respond, right, we will get on this beautiful journey where our life is not just the things that we've thought about, you know, uh, in our life as our assignments, but so much more that God wants to do in and through our lives. You know, God wants to take us places. God wants to do incredible things uh, uh, in us and minister to others through us. As we talk about God's unique call, on each person's life. I just want to remind us, it's not like God calling one and excluding the others. We see several scriptures 
um, uh, in the word of God, which tell us that we are a body. We are all different members. We are gifted differently. Our functions are different. But when we serve God, when we yield to his call, we are actually benefiting one another. So it's not about you know, being individualistic, but it is about blessing the family of God, blessing the kingdom of God. So God has a unique call for everyone. Here's the second thing. We must embrace the call. We must embrace the call. We would imagine that if God has a call for me, somehow I will, you know, reach the finish line. But the call of God doesn't get done automatically. The term that Apostle Paul used in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9, uh, I'll read that scripture for us. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. So what he's essentially saying is, yes, God is issuing a call. Yes, he has a plan and a purpose. But he works with us. We are co-workers. Or we are fellow workers together with God. He will do his part. We have to do our part. Here at APC, every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister. And sometimes, you know, we, we um, you know, box God up and we say, God, these are the only ways of ministry. You know, whatever is done within the church is all what ministry is supposed to be. But, you know, God is outside of the box. Yes, he picked a David and a Paul and all these people were so directly, you know, a part of the tabernacle, the house of God, the church. But he's also the God who picked the Josephs and the Daniels. Amen? Who are the movers and shakers out there in the world. So God is not limited to these four walls that we are seated in. There's a call of God. Every believer is a minister. In different ways, different things that we do, different places where God has positioned us, we all have to heed his call and step out to do what God wants us to do. It's a privilege to think that God has a call on my life. No, it's, it's such a joy to think that God has a call for me. But equally, Oh, it's a huge and a tremendous responsibility that has been given to each one of us. Respond to the call of God. It says about Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, in Genesis 12, you read about him. He responds to the call of God and it says he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Believe when God is calling us, believe uh, what he's saying. What he's saying is our destiny and begin to flow with it. We will never accomplish God's call without faith. Move forward with faith. Embrace the call of God. Here's the third insight that I want to bring to us. We are designed for the call of God. Now, sometimes uh, we can get very fearful and wonder, yes, there's this grand design that God has for me, but will I ever be able to do this, God? God, have you thought about it? Do you know who I am? You know, God is God. He knows what he is up to. And Ephesians 2.10, we read that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God knows us and he's prepared these good works. He has carefully, painstakingly handcrafted each one of us. And when he calls us, he knows what he's up to. And he knows that we will be able to step into that call and you know, carry it forward. We also see that God gives us the associated grace. 
You know, it takes grace to do what God is calling us to do because it, God's call needs divine enablement. We will not be able to do it only in our strength. God gives grace. God increases grace. God also releases his anointing on our lives to be able to do what he wants us to do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So you know, there is a, 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 an association here, the call, the grace. Grace is nothing but divine enablement from God. Divine enablement. He empowers us. He backs us up. He strengthens us. So he gives us that grace. And it also talks about, you know, that grace which is associated with the measure of Christ's gift. So God calls us and he gives us the grace which is required. He also gives us the gift. Have you ever noticed, it always amazes me if there are like some three or four ingredients. Uh, you have some of these amazing people who can just cook, whip up a storm. Okay, and you're like, I had the same four ingredients. I don't know why I didn't do it and they did it. But there's a gift right there, you know, which they carry. I'm giving us a very simple example to understand. So similarly, I'd find somebody who can use two to three colors and, you know, uh, paint a marvelous painting. And you're wondering, God, I had those same three colors. I'm just, you know, drawing some stripes and I don't know what I'm doing on this paper. But there's a gift there. Has God called you in the field of art? Or has he called you to be in the corporate world? Has he called you to be a special educator? Has he called you for all of these, these, these things that need to get done? The purposes of God for his kingdom. He will grant the grace to do it. He will grant the gifts to do it. And God will journey together with us to see the fulfillment of these, uh, of his purposes. And church, I just want to remind us, since we're talking about the grace and the gift of God, another thought to add here is, yes, God gives these gifts, but it is like a little baby who learns to walk. No baby is running on, you know, the first day that uh, they take their first step. It's a journey that one makes. And eventually, slowly, you know, they're able to walk, they're able to run. Uh, who knows, they may compete uh, in athletics. So it's a journey that we make even with the grace of God on our lives and the gift of God on our lives. You know, we go from you know, one level to the next, to the next, and then to the next, as we allow God to work, as we let God move upon our hearts and we keep saying yes, moment by moment to the call of God on our lives. So even the grace of God, even the gift of God is something that will grow as we take steps of faith. And it's wonderful to have the call of God on our lives, you know, to say that, hey, God is calling, God is calling, but we better answer the call. And when we answer the call is when the grace and the gifts you know, begin to flow together and we can see what only God can do through us. Um, I hope you're all doing fine and that you're with me. Okay, we're halfway through, so that's great news. Three more points to go. Uh, the fourth point that I want to bring to us is discern the call. Discern the call. Yes, God has a call uh, for us. For some of us, it's like uh, the burning bush experience. I heard the voice of God, and uh, this is what God wants me to do. Finished, story over. For some others, similarly, hey, I was driving to MG Road, and I saw this bright light, and I heard this voice, and this is what Jesus told me. Like Paul, on the road to Damascus, finished. I know what I got to do in my life. But for many others, it may take a process to discern the call of God. 
or discern is nothing but understand the call of God. Ephesians 5, and I'm just going to read um, verse 17 there, where Paul said, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He wouldn't say understand if he couldn't understand. Is there an amen for that? Amen. Yes. So if he's saying, understand the will of God, understand the purpose of God, understand the call of God, it means we can mentally assess, comprehend, and you know, come to a conclusion as to what it is that God would want us to do. So we can understand what God wants us to do. It's only then that we are able to live that pleasing life unto the Lord, you know, understanding the will of God, being fruitful in every good work. And, you know, as Colossians 1, um, uh, verses 9 and 10, the way Paul prayed for the people of God, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the grace of God, we're able to do that when we make this journey of discerning. What is it that God wants me to do? No, is, wouldn't it be sad to go through life and never ask the question, what is the call of God on my life? But the wonderful news is whenever we ask that question, you know, God is faithful. He will, will graciously help us make that journey and discover the call of God on our lives. So discern, in other words, understand, get to know what is the purpose of my life. Why has God put me here on this earth? What does he want me to do? Figure it out and begin to move with it. Now, there are many things that we can consider uh, when we try to understand what God wants us to do. Uh, things like, uh, what is the general teaching of God's word? What are some of those special things that have happened in my experiences that uh, help me do what I'm doing or what God wants me to do? The things that stir my heart, like Nehemiah. So many people heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken, but it was only Nehemiah who actually did something about it because his heart would not settle after he heard the news. So our hearts could be stirring about various causes, and we just have to um, figure out, okay, God, what is it that my heart is stirring for? So similarly, you know, there are many things we can look at. There are nine guideposts uh, that we can study about in the APC publication, Fulfilling God's Purpose for Your Life. And that can help us discover or discern the call of God on our lives. So discern the call of God discern the call of God. And here's the next point, the fifth one, which says, pursue the call of God on your life. Pursue the call of God. We already talked about Abram. In God's mind, Abraham. And God called him and said, come, you know, go to a, a different place. Go to the place that I'm showing you. All his questions were not answered when God spoke to him. I'm sure he would have had questions about why, how, when, what. But he obeyed. That first step, he obeyed. And of course, you know, God's wisdom and uh, 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 his knowledge is available to us as we make the journey. I'm not saying that don't use your mind. But faith to respond to the call of God is so important. And Abraham is an excellent example of that. He didn't know where he was going, but it was enough for him to know that God is calling me. I have to get up. I have to do something. And he stepped out. And then he made that journey of faith. And we know about the fulfillment of God's promises on Abraham's life. Think about Apostle Paul. In one of his trials, when he speaks to uh, King Agrippa in Acts 26, you know, he says something like, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. God was calling. Here are people who picked the call and said, okay, God, I'll do it. I don't understand everything, but I'll get started. And I know you're with me as I journey forward. 
So he said, Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. 20 to 24 years of ministry in Apostle Paul's life. How many of us know that it's not all going to be rosy and easy? It's going to be costly. But he was committed to the call of God. And he pursued it. Co-workers with God. God does his part. We've got to do our part. And that's how we make the journey forward. So Apostle Paul is another excellent example of somebody who made the journey. He worked very hard and even talked about it. But then you know, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says something like, yes, I worked hard, but it was still the grace of God that enabled me to do what I did. So he always gave credit to the divine enablement that God provided for him to do what he did. Talking about pursuing the call of God. You know, sometimes we just want to know, uh, tell me the, the goal, tell me the final uh, outcome. I don't care what route I take. All's well that ends well. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get to the finish line. Okay? However, uh, the call of God cannot be pursued like that. There's a call of God which we can pursue only as we journey with the Lord. And so Jesus, in John 15, he talked about being connected to the true vine. It's when we are connected to the true vine that the life of God flows through us and we're able to yield fruit and fruit which will last. So the call of God will definitely require us to walk with God. We will not be able to fulfill it outside of a thriving relationship with God, outside of intimacy with God, because that is the place where we get our strength as we wait upon the Lord. So the call of God can only be pursued to its fullness in relationship with God. It can be pursued to its fullness in the strength of God, not in our own limited human strength. And the call of God can only be pursued in God's way. Apostle Paul talking about the call of God in 2 Timothy 1.9, he describes it. He says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. It's a holy calling. It's a heavenly calling. It's an upward call. It's God's highest and best for us. And the holy calling of God can only be accomplished when we take the path that God has chalked out for us. We've got to walk the path of faith. Think about Moses. Moses, lift the rod, the sea will part. What? I never read that in my science textbook. How do I do this? Just raise the rod, how is the sea going to pass? Faith. Joshua, walk around the walls, you know, the city of Jericho, and the walls will come crashing down. Are you sure? Did you check with an architect? You know, faith. I know it's God's voice. God wants me to do the unusual. Okay, I need to partner with God, be filled with his word, be filled with his spirit, to be able to do, believe what God is asking me to do and, you know, I know this is going to happen. So it's going to take faith for us to see the fulfillment of what God has called us to do and we do it his way. We do it in righteousness because Psalm 23 says he leads me in the paths of righteousness. He wouldn't want us to take crooked roads to reach the finish line. We follow the path of righteousness and integrity. We walk by the Spirit. Now think about uh, somebody like Abraham. He did commit a mistake in his journey. He, uh, 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 together with others, had this idea that he will do something about fulfilling the promise of God. And then uh, he gave birth they gave birth to Ishmael. 
So God's work cannot be birthed in the flesh. It's got to be birthed by a walk in the spirit. And so when we pursue this holy calling, let's walk by faith. Uh, let's walk in righteousness. Let's walk in the spirit. And that's how we will come to the finish line. And just like any other process, any other journey that we undertake, this journey of fulfilling the call of God is not an easy one. There are going to be times of great testing, great difficulty, great doubts. You know, sometimes they are, uh, it happens for whatever reason, sometimes they are of our own making, but whatever it is, God can still use it to prepare us for what his dream for our lives is. So God takes us through seasons of preparation. Those seasons of preparation, they could be um, lonely, they could be uh, painful, they could be so dark that you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. However, those are the seasons where we can build our faith. Those are the seasons where we learn to depend completely on God and say, God, no matter what is going on in my life, even if it feels like nothing is happening, you said it, I believe it, and I will move forward with this. So there can be these dark seasons and seasons of preparation. Many of them are seasons of preparation. When we are faithful in the seasons of preparation, what happens is God builds our inner strength and our character. These are the times when our character is groomed. These are the times where the vision that God has for us becomes clearer and clearer. And these are the times, the times of great difficulty when nothing is seemingly moving, where we also develop a strong resolve which says, it's okay. I know, even when I don't see it, God is at work. Amen? So seasons of preparation are seasons that God can certainly use in our lives. And seasons of preparation, though they seem like it's wasted time, it's not really wasted time. As long as we are faithful and we are committed to the call of God on our lives. So keep moving. Even if it means one step at a time, keep moving. Think about Apostle Paul. Now there are 14 years, silent years uh, as they are called, when you don't really read too much about his public ministry. But God was still working in his life and doing something significant that was required for him to fulfill the overall plan, purpose, and call of God on his life. Here's the sixth insight that I want to bring to us, and I want to request the worship team to please uh, come up. The call of God requires a commitment. The call of God as I have stated a little earlier, it's not going to be easy. And there can be times where we might feel like letting go and giving up. It's going to take a sense of determination to say that I will not let go. You know, the way Apostle Paul, he said, the Lord Jesus has laid hold of me and I want to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. So what God is really asking of us is, I have a strong grip on you. Can you have a strong grip on the call of God for your life? You know, the first wind, the first wave, and the house comes crashing down. That's not a strong grip. Winds, waves, showers, still standing. Strong foundation. That is commitment. And so 
The call of God can never be fulfilled without that sense of determination and commitment, which says, yes, God, I'm with you on this. Let's do this. It may take a while. It may not be easy. It may be costly for me, but we shall do this. Commit to the call of God. Call, the call of God requires commitment to finish it, to fulfill it. Even as we determine to stick with God's call and do what he has called us to do, now there can be giants that we face along the way. One is the lack of zeal or passion. And when we first take this ride, we're on 100 kilometers an hour, full speed. Okay, we're zooming away and saying, yeah, God called me, and this is what he wants me to do. Let's, let's get to the drawing board. Let's work out the plans. Let's do this. Let's do that. But after a while, we're out of gas. And the speed is just, you know, just about making it, okay, inching through the traffic. We may lose our zeal sometimes. And there are many reasons for why this could happen. But when we go after the call of God, it's important for us to keep that fire burning, to keep that passion alive. It's not a human passion that we're talking about. But as we stay in intimacy with the Lord, you know, He will fire up that passion in us to be able to do everything that He's calling us to do. Sometimes the lack of zeal is just tiredness. It's just, you know, monotony. It's just, oh, things are so mundane. But can we still keep going? Even if it's not that exciting anymore for our senses, when we have a sense of determination and commitment, we will work through this challenge. The challenge of lacking zeal and passion for the call of God. Here's the next challenge, fear. We all have a natural sense of fear, fear of failure, fear of what are people gonna say, fear of whether I can do this. So many things that we fear and worry about. But how many of us know it's gonna take courage to do what God wants us to do, amen? And so we need to overcome our fears and that's possible as we spend time, as we meditate in the Word of God, as we get grounded in who we are in Christ, who is God and what is His nature? How does His kingdom work? What are the gifts that He's given in His kingdom? The victory that He's won over Satan on the cross of Calvary. Now, as we begin to meditate on all of these things, we sang this morning, fear comes and it goes, but we still keep moving. Amen? And so we might encounter the second enemy of fear. Doubts. And not just us. We saw that there were several people in the word of God as well who had doubts. But they overcame it. And God did not reject his people. When they had these genuine doubts, Mary said, how can this be? But God is gracious. He's faithful. He pursues us. And he wants us to pursue the call of God on our lives. He never thrusts it down our throats. Instead, he's waiting for a loving, obedient response that says, yes, God, I am willing to go. I want to go. I want to do this for your kingdom, for your glory. We can overcome our doubts. And as we stay committed to the call of God, the other important thing that we have to be careful about, the fourth one is distractions. There are many distractions. And uh, when Jesus taught the parable of the sower, he talked about how the seed could not sprout and become this, you know, fruit yielding 
a plant or tree because of things that hindered it. And so he said, when he interpreted it, he said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things. So there are many things out there that try to draw our attention and that try to convince us. Why don't you give up? It's too hard. It's not worth it. What is the reward? You know, there are many such lies that the enemy may speak into our minds to uh, make us let go of the call of God. But even when distractions come our way, we can keep laser focus on the call of God and be unhindered, move on undeterred. It's going to take a determination to say, yes, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what others have and I don't have, but this is for a reason. I'm living this life yielding to the call of God for a reason and for His greater glory and purposes. So we can overcome distractions. And of course, discouragements. We all go through this from time to time and we wonder, maybe I messed up. Maybe uh, God changed His mind. No, we all go through these discouragements. But no, our God is a God of second chances. Amen? As long as we are willing to rise up, He will strengthen us and He will guide us to fulfill His purpose for our lives. So let's stay committed to the call of God. The call of God requires determination. It requires a focus and no better person that I can think of right now than Elisha, the way he went after the anointing that he wanted. And you know, he just, his gaze was fixed on, I want that God for your greater glory, for your greater purposes. And so even if we have all these challenges along the way, don't give up. Stay faithful to the call of God. The call of God will also require us to make certain sacrifices. These sacrifices could be big ones or they might be small little ones where God says, okay, make these adjustments in your time uh, or, you know, can you give up this particular habit? Something small. For the sake of the call, we must be willing to make sacrifices, whether they are big or they are small. Yes, there is a call of God that is going out, but God awaits a response. Can we rise to our feet, church? We'll take some time to worship God, to pray, and respond to what the Lord may be speaking to each one of our hearts. Just request the worship team to lead us.
the enemy the gates of hell will not prevail against the body of Christ thank you God we thank you that we are that body God and that Lord you will help each one of us discover understand discern and also yield to that call and this morning I just want to encourage those of us if you're in that place where we're saying I I sort of know what God wants me to do but I'm just not able to take that first step I want to pray for you I want to pray for you Heavenly Father we pray for the grace oh God to take that next step Father to take that next step on this journey of pursuing the call of God and God we thank you that you will empower and enable God we thank you that you will endure them with gifts, oh God. That you will pour out your anointing on their lives, Father. And journey together with them to fulfill what you have called them to do. And this morning, I want to pray for those who are discouraged because of some slowness in your journey. And the way God spoke to his men and women and he said, I am with you. I am with you. Be strong and good courage. Just want to speak that word over your hearts. Be strong and have good courage. God is with you. He will help you regain strength and recover. I just feel like there are uh, people who are just unwilling to, to, to respond. And I, I sense uh, this, ter this term, embrace of the Father. Embrace of the Father. And this morning, I, I sense that, you know, God is embracing those ones for whatever reason you are so hesitant to step into the call of God. It's the loving presence of God. And I just sense these words, hope hope in God hope in God in the embrace of God there is hope for all our lives and God is especially especially showering that hope on those who are hesitant and just not willing to come and respond to the call of God father we pray that each one of us God that each one of us will take that next step of faith, whatever it is, Father God, with your wisdom, with the counsel of your word, that, Father, we could accomplish great things for the glory of your name. And we thank you. We thank you for your word. 
thank you for what you're speaking to us this morning. Just want to pray for uh, health conditions this morning. Father, we thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Father, we thank you that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so God, we pray and we command healing God for various health conditions. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're touching people, you're touching bodies right now. You're healing bodies. We give you thanks for that, Lord. We give you praise. Especially want to pray for those who have some sort of an issue with your chest, a difficulty in breathing. Command healing to those lungs in the name of Jesus. Um, I sense maybe somebody with some sort of a, a clavicle bone uh, issue. Uh, just want to command healing uh, over, over you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for touching our bodies. Thank you for touching our minds this morning. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that many signs, wonders, miracles will break out among us, Father. Yes, God, each one in our situations, God, we pray that we will see your glory, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. And this morning, I want to invite those who have never asked the Lord Jesus to come into your hearts to respond to his call. If God is moving you upon your heart and you want to make that decision, you can say, yes, Jesus, I understand you are the son of God who died for me and my sins are forgiven because of what you have done on the cross of Calvary. I accept it. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a child of God. And God, I want to hear your call and I want to follow the call that you have for me. If there's anyone here for the first time, very first time, no, you have decided to follow Jesus. I want you to raise your hand. We want to you know, thank you. And also we have uh, a welcome, we have uh, a new believers packet, some resources that we would like to hand over to you so that you can journey with God and you know, grow in, in this walk with the Lord. So is there anyone who made that decision to Ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and life today for the first time. If yes, could you please raise your hand and indicate to us? Okay, so if there's anyone, you've made that decision online, we request you to uh, just share that on the chat and our team is there as well to um, communicate with you. God bless you. Keep growing in your journey with the Lord. Uh, and I uh, just want to uh, take time to uh, pray a prayer to bless all of us as we close the service this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we had this time in your presence, God. Father, continue to lead us with great courage and great strength for the glory of your name. We thank you and we honor you, God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. 
do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.